Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. We are in the last week of our venture through some of the Proverbs. Um, I've mentioned a few times, uh, but just want to remind us again that uh, each summer at Emmaus Road, we uh, want to turn our attention for a few weeks in the middle of the summer to either the Psalms or the Proverbs. Uh, we, we look at the Psalms because they offer to us a whole range of emotion uh, of how to faithfully engage with God in the difficult times and in the good times, whether our emotional state is one of frustration, disappointment, or anger, or whether our, we are feeling joyful and, and uh, celebratory. And, and so we look at the Psalms as giving us a language for faith in the midst of, of everything that runs the gamut of human emotion. Uh, we turn our attention to the Proverbs because uh, the reality is we live in a very, very complex world uh, where things are not uh, simply black and white, but mostly they are all sorts of different shades of gray. Um, and, and complex, difficult issues come to us, and we need wisdom. We need wisdom to know how to navigate ourselves as the people of God in the world. And uh, the great, a great source of wisdom is, of course, the Proverbs. Uh, and so we take, a, we take a little bit of time each summer to either be in the Psalms or the Proverbs. And, of course, this summer we've been in the Proverbs. And uh, I want to thank uh, Vicki Sisson for filling in uh, for me last week as uh, Amy and I were out of town attending a, a conference on, on learning how to, to pray. Uh, we had a phenomenal time. And I, uh, at the, after that conference, I got to go down to Wichita, Kansas and spend some time with my brother who's a pastor there. Uh, so I had a phenomenal week. Um, but just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be gone, spend time with family. And uh, it's great to know that we have just good people that can fill the pulpit, uh, like Rick, who did a couple weeks ago, and then Vicki. So I want to say thanks to Vicki and uh, Rick for filling in as part of our series through the Proverbs. Uh, but my real hope... Uh, is that we have uh, that you have gained some wisdom along the way, uh, and just as a, since this is the last uh, Sunday that we'll be in the Proverbs this summer, I just want to remind us kind of where we've been, uh, because we, we've tried to boil down each and every week to uh, a sentence or two about the wisdom that God wants to share with us. So, out of Proverbs, the first half of Proverbs six, uh, we, we learned this wisdom that we are often so tempted by the possibilities of the present that we forget to consider the possibilities of the future. That is that sometimes we, we trade in a, a good and blessed future for, the, uh, for what is right in front of us. And we need to be a people that are, are future-oriented people. Uh, and that, means, that doesn't mean that we need to be so future-oriented that we're no good in the present, but rather our future orientation and our future hope informs the decisions that we make today. In the last half of Proverbs chapter 6, we learned this wisdom, that in order to be free, we must learn to live in the abundance of our limitations. Uh, that was, a, that was a, a message all about just embracing the limitations uh, and recognizing that there is an abundance inside uh, of, of boundaries that God has given to us. In Proverbs 7, we learned this, that earthly pleasures outside of their God-honoring context are destructive, that there are some things in the world that are absolutely good and wonderful gifts from God, but if you take them outside of their God-honoring context, they become some of the most destructive forces in our world and in our lives. And so we need to recognize what those good uh, gifts are and then use them and, and participate in them in the ways that God intends and in ways that honor God. And then out of Proverbs 9, we learn that wisdom is not a destination uh, in which you arrive, but rather it is a journey on which you travel. 
this, this idea of wisdom is not something that, oh, I've achieved wisdom and therefore now I can just kind of coast. But rather, wisdom is this, this ongoing pursuit uh, in our lives. And, and again, that's really why we continually churn our attention back to the Proverbs as a way of pursuing wisdom and the source of all wisdom, who is, of course, God himself. Um, I hope that you have found uh, some wisdom in these things. I hope that God has spoken to you in a, in a special way. And in fact, if, if that has been the case, if you have found something particularly helpful or if you have uh, felt like God has spoken to you in a, in a very strong uh, way, we would love to hear that. Uh, we, we, the fuel uh, of, of the church is the stories of the people, right? If the church is people, then we need to know the stories of people. So if you feel like God has been working in your life or spoken to you in a special way, uh, we would love to hear about it. You can just send an email to mystoryattheroadfc.org, mystoryattheroadfc.org, and tell us about how God has spoken to you. Uh, today, to close our series uh, on the wisdom of the Proverbs, at least for this year, uh, we want to turn our attention to Proverbs 11. Uh, but I want to look just really at the first couple of verses, first three verses of, of Proverbs 11, because I want to talk to you today about integrity and humility. I want to talk to you today about integrity and humility. Uh, so follow along in your Bibles uh, with me as I read uh, Proverbs chapter 11, the first three verses. It says this, uh, The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. I want to read again verses 2 and 3. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. By their duplicity. We are venturing into the sections of the Psalms uh, where you have just these short, or sorry, of the Proverbs, where you have just these short sayings that just kind of come at you staccato style, and they seem to be pretty disconnected. Uh, but I want to uh, submit to you today that these ideas of integrity and humility uh, are, in fact, deeply connected. And it's easy when we read the song, sorry, when we read the Proverbs, I'll get it right one of these times. When we read the Proverbs, um, it, it's, it's really easy for us to see them as static wisdom uh, that is just sort of lives out there. Uh, that, yes, that's good, that's wise, um, and it's static. Uh, but I don't want us to read them in that way. I don't want us to read the Proverbs in these kind of, the, these quick bites as, as just something that sits outside of me, that, that lives out there, and that doesn't move or doesn't change. But rather what I want to see us, uh, I want to encourage us to do is I want us to read the wisdom of the Proverbs as an invitation to live in accord with its truth. That is to say that, that the wisdom of the Proverbs isn't just something out there, but it is something that comes, it comes to us and invites us in. And so when we read these, these Proverbs, uh, like verse 3, uh, verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Our temptation might be to say, oh, that's the truth, man. 
And I know so-and-so, and I know so-and-so, and I know so-and-so. Their life has been destroyed by duplicity. And I know so-and-so, they've been, you know, well, actually, I know me. <laughs> my life has been so blessed by my own righteousness. <laughs> no. We shouldn't see them as something out there, but we should rather see them as an invitation that is drawing us in and inviting us to live in accord with its truth. In this way, verse 3 becomes an invitation to live with integrity. Now, the purpose of integrity, at least the purpose that is outlined here, and of course this isn't uh, the whole purpose of integrity, but, but the one that is spoken to us by this proverb is that integrity will guide you through uncertain times or through uncertainty. We can also understand this to, to mean difficulty, that it is our integrity that guides us through difficulty or uncertainty. And I want us to think about integrity in this way. Integrity is a consistency of character. A consistency of character. That when you hear this word integrity, I want you to just understand it in those terms. It is a consistency of character. It is a steadfastness. And so it's inviting us to a consistency of character. The word guide here is, is, gives us the sense of, of to govern or to lead. And so at least the wisdom of verse 3 is this. When difficulty comes and everything around seems to be shaking, a consistency of character will help lead you or will help guide you through those rough waters. Does that make sense? In fact, one of the reasons that as the people of God, we call people and invite people to lean on God and to count on God in times of difficulty, in times where things are uncertain. The whole reason that we do that is because God is unchanging. You see, the reason that we, in the times when, when people are experiencing upheaval in their life and, and nothing seems to be stable and everything is shaking around and as the people of God, we look at one another and we say, you need to hold on to God. He's your anchor. He's, he's the one that you need to lean into. The whole reason we say that is not just because we want to be super spiritual or because it sounds good. The whole reason we say that is because God is, a, is consistent in character. That integrity has as its source God himself. And so we say, when everything around you is shaking and changing and uncertain and difficult, hold on to the one who is unchanging. That's the whole reason we say that. What this proverb does is something similar. It makes a very similar point, but it calls us to a consistency of character. And the proverb seems to be saying to us and inviting us into a way of life that says, if we are people who have a consistency of character, who demonstrate integrity in our lives, when you couple that with the integrity of God, then it will allow you to navigate the difficulty in your life. Does that make any sense, church? I believe it does. When you couple the integrity of God with your own integrity, it will give you the, the solid foundation that you need to walk through times that are uncertain. In fact, you compare that to the lack of integrity that the proverb calls unfaithfulness. 
You compare this, this kind of, this, this leading, this guiding force, this solid foundation in the midst of difficulty, and you compare that to the unfaithfulness or lack of integrity, and it says this will actually destroy you in those times. I think what we need to understand, and maybe, maybe this is sort of behind the point, is that you can't wait for struggle or uncertainty to build integrity. It has to happen beforehand. You, you can't wait for the difficulty to come and say, oh, now this is a time to, to, to get my integrity and to have this consistency of character. What happens is, is the difficult time actually reveals the level of integrity or lack thereof in our lives. And so uh, this proverb is inviting us into uh, this, this life of integrity that will lead us, that will guide us, that will be a sure foundation coupled with and anchored with the integrity and consistency of the character of God to help us through those uncertain times. And because, listen church, the uncertain times will either grow your faith or, or they will destroy your faith. And I'm certainly no expert, but I think that something that, that when we think about what is it that, that allows us to either let go of our faith or causes us to let go of our faith versus the difficult times that happen in our lives and then grow our faith, could it be the level of integrity in which we entered the difficult time? I think that may be part of it. That if we've built up this this awareness of who God is, if, we'd, if we've anchored ourselves to the integrity of God in, the, in all circumstances, we're much less likely then in the midst of difficulty to let go of our faith and allow God to grow us in those times. But the reality is, again, is integrity is built on a foundation of a thousand little choices. Integrity is built on the foundation of a thousand little choices. Because the big moments, the big choices, the big struggles, the public struggles, it's very, sometimes very easy to be a person of integrity there because everybody's watching. Uh, but when, everybody, when no one's watching, what are the little choices I have to make and am I making them in such a way that I'm building a consistent character that aligns myself with the ways of God and so the big the big choices the big moments the big struggle often just reveal our integrity or our lack of integrity that has been built in the small choices that we make every day Uh, which means that life is a bit like going to the grocery store can I hear an amen Life is a little bit like going to the grocery store. Let's say that you have decided and you have uh, said in your heart that you want to uh, have corn checks cereal for breakfast. But you go to the grocery store and it's not just corn checks cereal. You've got a thousand choices to make after you've made that choice. Uh, you've got to decide if you want cinnamon corn checks, if you want vanilla corn checks, if you want chocolate corn checks. The answer to that is yes. If you want honey corn checks or if you just want plain corn checks. Do they still make that? Um, I mean, you got a thousand choices to make. It's like, you know, you, you thought you had a choice. I just want corn check cereal, right? 
It's got the big label, gluten-free, and then the price goes up. It was always gluten-free, but when they put the label on the box, the price went up. Can I hear an amen for that, right? So you, you have this decision, and you think that you've made the decision, but behind the decision is a whole bunch of other decisions. It's just like you've decided that you want creamer for your coffee, but now you have some choices to make. Do you want liquid creamer or powder creamer? Do you want natural ingredients or that other stuff that they put in there? Uh, Do you want hazelnut, vanilla, salted caramel, sweet cream, or all the other thousand choices beyond that? You see, the little choices that you make at the grocery store have an effect on you, and they are building the foundation for your diet. The marketers don't want you to know that. And the same is true for our lives, that the little choices that seem invisible or inconsequential or don't matter are actually building a foundation of character for your life? Are you building a consistency of character? Are you building integrity in your life with the thousand little choices that you make every day? Oh, great. Pastor Andy's making me feel guilty. There's no way I can make all the right choices all the time every day. I'm not saying that. I'm not asking you or even calling you or saying that you will do this perfectly, but I am asking you to be aware that integrity is not built in the major decisions. Integrity is built on the thousand little decisions that we make every day. A couple of things really illustrate this well. You've decided that you'd like to lose weight, but you have to make choices that are going to take you in that direction. Are you going to stay in bed or are you going to go to the gym? Are you going to say no to ice cream and yes to sugar snap peas and hummus? Are you going to say yes to flaxseed cereal, and no to the Reese's Puffs. Those are hard choices. There is a cereal box that is bright orange. It has chocolate and peanut butter smothered all over it. It is calling to you and saying, I am delicious. There is a flaxseed cereal box that has flaxseed on it that is not very attractive. It's brown, earthy, earth colors, and you got to make a decision, Right? Come on, I thought I'd for sure get some amens there. But you've decided this is a goal. This is a direction that I want to go in my life. But in order to go in that direction, we have to make thousand little choices that are going to lead us there. You have decided that you want a better prayer life, but you have choices to make. You've got to take the little steps and make the little choices that will lead you to having a great prayer life. Am I going to get up the half hour earlier, the 45 minutes earlier? Am I going to, what am I going to do uh, in order to build this habit? What am I going to stop doing so that I can build this habit? You see, no one goes from not praying to being a prayer savant in one day. Anyone in your life that you say, man, they've got an incredible prayer life and I want to be like that. That person has made a thousand choices along the way. Have you ever heard someone say, you know what? They're so fit. They don't need to work out, but they were at the gym. And like, you know, you kind of get mad at them. Like, what are you doing here? You don't need to be here. Oh, but yes, they do. And how do you think they got there? It's the little choices. It's the little choices. You want to gain victory over that sin in your life that just keeps hanging around? You have some choices to make. Because breaking a cycle of sin in your life is done by taking little steps toward wholeness. And while it can happen in a moment through the power of the Spirit, more often than not, the Spirit works in our lives little by little 
by little by little. And when we choose that we want to decide to start making good choices, the choices that seem inconsequential, the choices that seem like they don't matter, what we are doing is you are participating with the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. This invitation to integrity is at the very same time an invitation to be aware of the choices that I'm making. And when I'm aware of the choices that I make day by day by day by day, day after day and after day and after day, what happens is I am participating with the work of the Spirit in my life. You may, you, you may call out to God and say, God, would you work in my life? Would you do something fresh in my life? And then if you go on and keep making the same choices... In some way, you're hindering the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God can always sort of trump ourselves, right? The Spirit of God, we have biblical examples of this, that he just decides to meet us right where we're at. But I think more often than not, it's, a, it's us allowing ourselves room for the Holy Spirit to work, and a lot of that has to do with just a consistency of character. Am I aware of the choices that I'm making? Integrity. Here's what I'm trying to say. Godly character and integrity are built one small decision at a time. Aristotle said it this way. He says, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. That's pretty good. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And so integrity is a consistency of character. And verse three invites us into that. Verse 2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And so just as verse 3 was an invitation to integrity, so verse 2 is an invitation to live with humility. And while it may, not, might, while it may seem on the surface that these two are not connected, I would submit to you today that these two are uh, deeply connected. Because again, integrity, a consistency of character built through good small choices. Humility, and this is how I want you to think about humility. Humility is honest evaluation of yourself. Honest evaluation of yourself. Notice that humility is not self-deprecation. There is, under the, under the realm of the gospel and who we are in Christ, there is a place for confidence in the life of the Christian. And there's a lot of kind of message out there in the Christian world that says we have to always be so self-deprecating because of our sinfulness. No, I think we can be aware of our sinfulness and then couple that with confidence of who we are in Christ. And so humility is not just constant self-deprecation, but rather humility is honest evaluation of yourself. And what honest means is there are, going to, there are some things that you're going to be really good at and there are some things that you're not going to be so good at and being willing to admit both. Part of humility is being able to say, God has gifted me in this way and I want to use it for his, own, his glory, not my own. But if we say that humility is just constant self-deprecation, then we will put ourselves in a place where we say, oh, I cannot be used by God because I have nothing good to offer. But if we will just say, honest evaluation of myself, that I want to humbly become the servant of God in the gifts that he has given me for his glory and not for mine. Pride would be I want to use the gifts that God has given me for my glory and not for his. But humility is just being able to say, these are the gifts that God has given me. 
And these are the things that maybe I'm not so good at. And I'm going to be honest about them both. Humility is honest evaluation of yourself. And the proverb says that when we have this honest picture of ourselves, we gain wisdom. We gain wisdom. Now, I would submit to you that this has a much broader context, that we gain wisdom about life in general, about how things work, that that if we honestly have an honest evaluation of who we are and who we are in Christ, then then we're much more well-positioned to just be a person who is walking in the pursuit of wisdom. But I also think this has a really narrow application, which is I'm able to have some wisdom about myself. That if I have an honest evaluation of, our, of myself, then God through his Holy Spirit then gives me some wisdom about myself. And remember, information and wisdom are two different things. Information about myself might be that my hair is brown and my favorite color is burnt orange. Not bronco orange, burnt orange. But wisdom about yourself is things like this. What people think about me influence my actions significantly. Or, or wisdom about yourself might be, you know, I really tend to worry about the future because, and then fill in the blank. You see, you can take this on all kinds of different levels, but if we just have an honest evaluation of ourselves, then we begin, we, we begin to gain wisdom about who we are. And anytime that we gain wisdom about who we are, we are giving God a playground in which to work in our lives and provide healing and provide strength so that in the moments when we are weak, God can be raised up in the midst of our weakness, which is exactly what the Apostle Paul said, that in his weakness, God is made strong. And so if we can have humility in our lives, just have an honest evaluation about ourselves, gain wisdom about who we are, then all of a sudden, God in our weakness can become strong, and then God in our strength can be glorified. And so he's calling us, and this proverb is inviting us both to integrity, a consistency of character, but also humility, an honest evaluation about ourselves. And if we have, and there, here's the connection, if we have an honest evaluation of ourselves, we can start making choices that will lead to a consistency of character, right? So we, we must be honest with ourselves. We need to know our struggles. Let me make this more personal. Know your struggles. Be aware of your tendencies. Awaken to your proclivities and recognize your inclinations, All of those things are an honest evaluation of yourself. And if you can become aware of all of those things, then all of a sudden you can be more equipped to make choices that will help build integrity. And so they're actually deeply, deeply connected. And as I've already said, in this way, we will come alongside what the Spirit of God is doing and His work in your life. You know, the Spirit of God always wants to work in our lives. The Spirit of God is always seeking to move us toward wholeness. For we are, in fact, a broken people in need of a Savior, in need of the Savior. And the Spirit of God is is moving us more and more toward wholeness. And the whole process, there's a fancy theological word for that whole process of being moved toward wholeness. It's the word sanctification. And it's, 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 it's this process of growth. It's this process of being moved toward wholeness in Christ. 
And since these proverbs are in fact invitations and not just static wisdom on a page, I want to close this morning by inviting you to greater humility so that you may experience greater integrity. Or to say it another way, I want you to become more aware of yourself so that you are better able to make choices that are going to help you develop godly character. And whether you are a brand new Christian or whether you have been following Jesus for a long, long time, all of us can take that step. All of us can do that together this morning. For every one of us can take small steps toward Christ-likeness and toward wholeness as we participate in the Spirit's work in our life. And so this week, may you become more aware of yourself. God, if there is any blind spots in our life, would you reveal them to us? May we become more aware of who we are and who we are in Christ so that then we can be better equipped to make choices that will lead us into integrity and a consistency of character.